what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they uh, got smacked around in Phoenix and they lost to the Suns 134-105. The game was, it was competitive for a while until the third quarter. Of course, Klay Thompson got his first career ejection and it was just, a downward spiral from there. I'm going to start with Clay. I'm going to start with Clay Thompson. Uh, he was jawing a lot. It looked like it started after he slapped down on the ball on a Devin Booker three point attempt, and he just started yipping and yapping. And, and who knows what the issue is, what it may be. We know that Clay's got a lot of mental baggage from the last couple of years. Devin Booker, Clay Thompson, they're they're similar, right? Like just pure shooters. They're not exactly the same, but you know, it's like Devin Booker to Clay might represent what he was before. And it's early. And um, it was just one of those frustrating games for him, I'm sure. Didn't shoot well. He was only what one for eight from the field, and it's all five of his threes. So, you know, never really seen Clay that vocal before on the court in terms of being so angry. We've seen him like talk smack to people, but he kind of usually takes like the the chill high road or something, or he's a little bit more unflappable, but this one just kept going and going and going. So who knows what was said? It could have just been regular trash talk and maybe Clay got set off by something in particular, but you know, it's one of those things, right? Like this journey that Clay has been on. The end of the story wasn't just getting back to the court last season. It wasn't just winning the title. There's team battles, like winning the finals. And then there's internal demons, internal battles that you fight with yourself. And, you know, whether it's getting back to who he was before the injuries. I mean, here's the thing if you all recall, Clay is known throughout the league and his reputation as one of the greatest shooters of all time and just a pure shooter, doesn't have to dribble, all that stuff. But if you go back to 2019 and even like 2017, 18, the years leading up to his ACL injury, he was turning into an all-around player. Yes, defensively, we knew that, but his offensive game, it was developing. You know, he was taking it more off the bounce. He was going to his pull up more. He was going, he was always a good post up player for his size. And he was doing that more. And his offensive game was melding into his prime years. And that was stolen from him, right? Like he wasn't just a shooter, he could do a lot more at that point. And that was all taken away. They always talk about, or people always talk about how an NBA player's prime years are the last couple years of his 20s and the first couple years of his 30s. That's when I think it was famously Michael Jordan in uh, one of his books from the 90s, I think it was Rare Air, talking about how the prime is when your physical abilities and your mental abilities kind of like dovetail together, right? Your mental acumen, your knowledge of the game, your instincts, all that stuff. And for Clay, those precious years were taken away. So I don't know, I'm not going to play pop psychologist and get too much into it, but just as someone, as a regular human being 
who, who, you know, if you all have experienced kind of like any kind of disappointment or any kind of loss or anything like that and trying to recover from it or uh, get back to maybe somewhere where you had been before, you know, it's a struggle. It's a journey, you know, and you'll have those weak moments where the frustration bubbles to the top. And this could have been one of them. You know, who knows, maybe something about Devin Booker. I mean, Steve Kerr talked about how they've had like a bit of a rivalry over the years. Maybe something just about this game triggered him a little bit. And, you know, hopefully he moves on from it. That's it. That's all. You know, not going to get into this whole season long, like, oh, Clay this, oh, Clay that. But, you know, just observing it coming out on the national stage, it was interesting. And, you know, it clearly took something out of the Warriors team and, uh, galvanized the the Suns and the Suns crowd, right? Like there were so many technicals in this game and sometimes technicals, you know, Steve Kerr got one, Draymond got one like back to back on the same play reacting to the same non-call. Draymond went up for a layup and got uh, bodied, ended up on the ground and uh, looked like a foul. But sometimes you use those technicals to hype up your team, but it it didn't work this time. So I'll leave that at that. But, uh, you know, obviously everybody's going to be keeping an eye on Clay and seeing how he moves forward and progresses. This was the Warriors' first road game. And for a long time, I'd wondered how they would be on the road. You know, the first road game since, I guess, you know, preseason going to Japan, but those obviously don't count. First road game since, you know, Draymond punched Jordan Poole. It was a bad omen because you saw Steph and Poole both miss free throws, and that's never a good sign. And I'd also wondered before the game how good the Suns were. I said that in the previous episode. That's what I was going to be looking for and how Wiseman played against Aiden and whatnot. The Suns, they showed that they're still good. They're still who kind of who they were during the regular season last season. They don't look as as obviously dominating uh Last season was a different story, but it's also, I mean, they were facing the Warriors. The Suns have something to prove because they, they fell flat in the playoffs last season. So they were playing the defending champs at home. You knew they were going to come out tough and they did. And that's something that we have to remember about this uh, season, about the Warriors being the champs again is other teams are going to come after them hard. They're going to be the hunted ones. They have the target on their backs. So that's completely understandable. Uh, And I said also in the preseason that looking at this schedule, it's not the, you know, cakewalk schedule that the Warriors had last season where they started off, what, like 18 and two or something. Uh, It's a little bit rougher. And we know that there's a bit of a learning curve with some of these new guys. So, you know, these are some of the bumps in the road, some of the growing pains. You know, if you go on on Twitter, you're going to see a lot of doom and gloom all over again, a lot of like hand-wringing and, and pining for this, that, and the other. You know, I'm not here to say like, oh, it's all sunshine or like it's all perfect. I keep saying that, let me see how they look after 20 games. Not that that's a definitive point, but it is a quarter of the season. It is a little bit of time to kind of get into a bit of a rhythm uh, more than they have been. And we know that the Warriors vets, their conditioning is not to where it's supposed to be, that 
guys like Draymond and Clay, uh, and obviously Andre Gudala, uh, but Draymond and Clay, they're not getting the usual minutes. We know that Clay didn't play much pickup or any pickup in the offseason and only played one preseason game. So I think that is part of it. I mean, in the post game, Charles Barkley said on TNT that the Warriors are old, you know, which is uh, a funny change of tune from opening night when he was just hyping up how good they are. He does say that they need the young guys, and we all know that they need the young guys to step up. But again, it's not so much, I think, that they're old. I think it's because they need to kind of catch up with the season. They're ramping it up pretty slowly, right? Combine that with some young guys who are just, you know, figuring stuff out and teams that are coming at them. And, you know, you're going to have some some hiccups here and there. And this was definitely one of them. But let's see how it looks after 20 games. I know it's easy to just watch a game, have these emotions, and then just let it all out and say, oh, man, this is not the team it was last year. I mean, let's not forget about the ups and downs that this team had last year and how much people were like flipping out and stressing and all that jazz. But y'all know that it's a long season. This is only four games. There's 78 more left and we've seen some, some good signs, but I get it. Like the, the game against the Kings where the young guys blew the lead. And then this game is just enough, like, uh, bad play (laughs) for people, certain people to start freaking out. That being said, um, you know, we have to talk about the Warriors defense. This is the third time in four games that they've let the opponent score 70 points in the first half, which is literally like kind of an ungodly amount of points. So, you know, again, you could attribute it to some of the conditioning from the vets. You can attribute it to some of the timing and you can attribute it a lot to uh, the young guys who are just trying to uh, compete. And, you know, a lot of it is getting reps. A lot of it is technique. And we know, we know that defense is about effort and uh, desire. And I think that sometimes it's it's lacking, right? The transition defense, uh, breakdowns, easy buckets. You know, I hate to harp on uh, Jordan Poole, but defensively, you know, I just noticed a couple of rotations he was late on, and then the Suns got open buckets. So I'm not exactly sure if that's an effort thing on his part or if that's just, you know, kind of spacing out or whatever. But he needs to shore that up. You know, you have somebody like Draymond, and he spoke after the game about how they're a bad defensive team, and that starts with him. But this is my question, right? Like, this is, if anywhere, if anywhere right now, Draymond's, you know, punching <laughs> Jordan Poole in the preseason, like is Draymond's credibility at all damaged to the point where like, you know, him riling people up, getting people going the way he leads, right? So my question is like, if Draymond is the guy that gets people going in this respect, will that at all fall on deaf ears? I don't know. I don't think so, but I'm just saying that like, if there's any kind of cracks in the facade of, you know, this Warriors uh, veteran group, like that could be it. Like, are people going to really, really internalize what he says, buying into his leadership in that respect? That's the only question that I might have. 
I don't necessarily think it's a huge deal, right? Like on the court is on the court. And a lot of the young guys, they still, I believe, respect Draymond's basketball acumen. So I don't think that'll be a huge deal, but it's just something um, that I thought about in terms of like, well, you know, this is his first moment of saying in the press, like, I have to do something. I have to lead. It starts with me. So, you know, will other people follow? Could be nothing. It could be a little something. We may not see if there's any effects of it for a while, but otherwise, uh, hopefully he helps shores it up. Uh, the second unit obviously had a lot of issues. The young guys, I mean, it seemed like the Suns were just running all over. It looked like a pickup game, right? People just running right through transition defense and getting to the bucket somehow, some way. And, you know, they missed Dante DiVincenzo uh, as that, you know, mid-20s veteran who's been there before, who's a settling force, right? Like, I mean, he's new to the team, but just having a vet out there who's a little bit more trustworthy, I think is a really, really big deal. And so not having him out there, I think really is uh, going to hurt them. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but hopefully it's not too, too long. If you have him out there with Jordan Poole, I mean, those guys can both play each guard position. So that's different. You throw Moses Moody out there. I've noticed we've seen, you know, in the last couple of games, of course, seen Moody with Poole. And I personally don't recall seeing them in many lineups together. But we're seeing that more now because uh, DiVincenzo's out. And, you know, like you just need more stability on that second unit. And they obviously didn't have it in this game and it really hurt them. You know, that being said, it's like, (laughs) this is part of this season's journey, right? Like it's not one of those things where, you know, you tout the, the young guys, the lottery picks talent. And then after a couple of games, you're like, Oh no, uh, Kaminga is terrible or uh, Moody is not progressing or Wiseman stinks or anything like that not saying that anyone is well maybe there's some people saying that they want to trade some of these guys right now but you can't commit to how good they are and know that they're young but then all of a sudden not accept some of the the bumps in the road and whatnot and some of these learning experiences that they have to go through so it wasn't like the most fun game to watch but honestly like the first Suns game last season, you know, like you felt a lot of intensity for that one. I did. And that was because the Warriors were still trying to to prove something to themselves and to their fans. And we wanted them to prove something. And the Suns were also kind of, you know, they had the best record as well in the league last year, uh, early in the season versus the Warriors. So it was a huge statement every time they played, especially that first one. Uh, this one was just, it felt like, okay, another game, a loss, the confidence that hopefully the, some fans have in terms of the long view and playing the long game for this season. That's also how these players and the organization is looking at it as well. Cause we know they're not going to have like these crazy reactions to things, but you know, there's, there's things that they definitely, definitely need to work on. James Wiseman, uh, you know, I said earlier, like I was curious to see how he'd play against uh, DeAndre Ayton. He was okay. You know, Ayton obviously is more polished right now. uh, But, you know, Wiseman, he showed some good things for sure. 
He played 18 minutes, five for eight from the floor, hit both of his free throws, only three boards, 12 points, two blocks. So he was okay. Um, he came in early, really early in the first quarter for Kevon Looney. He came in at the 837 mark. I thought he did decently. You know, he got more reps with the starters. He looked a little bit more jittery at first. I think maybe, you know, playing with Steph, playing with Draymond, uh, not as smooth as playing with maybe DiVincenzo, Jordan Poole in the second unit where there's a lot of pick and roll and whatnot. But this is important. This is important. Like they need to get him those minutes with the starters because who knows what the end game is this season, right? If Wiseman can improve, maybe he starts slipping into the starting role or maybe he just starts taking more and more minutes away and coming in early like this. Uh, He had some great dunks, you know, I mean, that's what they need him to do clean up stuff, be there for lobs, et cetera. And he was great running the floor. You know, when you see him run next to DeAndre Ayton, Ayton is still pretty athletic, but like DeAndre Ayton runs kind of like straight up. He looks like he's seven foot. Uh, Wiseman, he looks like he's six, 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 eight, the way his, his uh, body kind of leans forward and the way he kind of carries himself. So I think that's a good sign beating people down the floor and stuff. And he was aggressive, but he made mistakes, right? He just did. And he had a couple moments where uh, it was a little bit frustrating. Like uh, there was an alley-oop. He got fouled on it, but like uh, he had the hands, (laughs) he had his hands on the ball and he was on top of DeAndre Aiden. It would have been a great highlight. It would have probably hyped up the team uh, and he missed the dunk, uh, but it is what it is. And then there was a jump ball. The ball came out to Wiseman and it hit the ground. It was low and he couldn't pick it up and went out of bounds. And then the cameras cut to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr was clearly frustrated. I think he said, you can read his lips. He said, just grab the damn ball or something like that. And he's like motioning. But, you know, this is, again, part of the process. He has to rebound better. You know, like, I think that's something like his instincts for rebounding. Uh, I mean, I think back to like, you know, the greatest rebounder of all time, Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman just knew where to be. He was really, really smart in terms of like knowing his guys and knowing how they shoot, knowing how they miss and knowing how other people miss and where a ball might end up going. Wiseman's a totally different player, obviously, totally different person. But, you know, hopefully as time goes, he starts thinking about things like that a little bit more. Uh, Sometimes he's actually stuck under the basket and sometimes he gets, you know, pushed. Uh, That's something I've always thought he needed to work on. And, you know, we've seen some progress, but like in this game, when he plays that many early minutes, you would hope he would get more than three boards. I actually thought he had more than that. So I thought the box score was actually mistaken, but regardless, there's too many that he, he misses, right? Like if he's able to position himself where, uh, like in better spots, that could help, that could help. But who knows, maybe the, the coaches are just telling him to like get under the basket, you know, be there and be big. So that could be something as well. Also rebounding is about want. And as the season goes, Hopefully that number of his goes up a little higher.
NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Obviously, I ride or die with the Golden State Warriors. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's one of those things, too, uh, because there's a long way to go for the season and for some of these young guys and even for the the vets to kind of get into rhythm and to you know start melding with the young guys a little bit more it's too early by far to say you know wiseman is this and wiseman is not that or kaminga is this and kaminga is not that yes there was a lot of hype hopefully you know they're not believing the hype <laughs> but you know that's outside chatter that's outside chatter from the media that's outside chatter from like folks like me because I believe in these dudes, but it's also, you have to understand that we see their talent, we see their potential, but they're not there yet. So it's impossible to be definitive about anything in terms of saying like, oh, it's a disaster and uh, Kaminga should be traded and Kaminga looks uh, unplayable, whatnot. I mean, Kaminga's got issues because he hasn't been playing. I'm sure his confidence has taken a little bit of a ding, and then just finding that rhythm on the court. Kerr played him instead of Wiseman in the second half, trying to go smaller. And Kamenga was active. He did some okay things. You know, uh, had a nice fast break dunk uh, where he put like a nice pivot move, pump fake, etc. But, you know, he needs reps. He needs to be able to flow and play a little bit more. Uh, Vubang, who's on this show often, keeps saying that the rookies, sorry, not the rookies, that the lottery picks, the young guys, uh, Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, all need some G League time. I really disagree with that completely, especially for Wiseman and Moody. But to me, it's like if Kaminga is not going to play, then maybe eventually. I think it's too early in the season. To say he's not going to play, I think Kerr is still figuring out his uh, rotations. So if it's by midseason and, you know, the same way Jordan Poole was out of the rotation in 2020, 2021, everybody said he'd been playing well in practice, but he just wasn't getting minutes in front of Kelly Oubre or Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds silly, right? Um, and so he just needed that those reps in the abbreviated G League and get um you know some some confidence back hopefully Kaminga doesn't need that hopefully he finds a way to get onto the court they tried him out he showed some good things and you know i think it's just part of it i think it's just part of these you know growing pains and that's a phrase you're going to hear a lot this season um i used it a lot last year but you're going to hear it a lot this season because of the youth and because of some of these uh, new faces that need to blend in well with, with the vets and the vets just getting used to having some of these younger guys. 
Jordan Poole, he had a pretty decent offensive game, 27 minutes, six for 12, two for five from three, three for four from the line. Only he missed one, uh, five assists, two boards, 17 points. The thing about Jordan Poole we know is he's not the most athletic dude. He's really, really improved his conditioning since his rookie year. But uh, what I love about him is his moves, his herky-jerky fakes that people always go for. <laughs> and the inside-out dribble, like the, the head fake, some of the stuff that he's stolen from Steph, you know? He put some nasty moves on former warrior Damian Lee. But I think his craftiness is something to really, really appreciate. And you see the work that goes into it, right? Because it's not like he's just out there trying things. These are things he works on, right? These precision fakes and these moves and these counters. And I actually really, really enjoy watching what he does. But but there are times where he drives in and he did this last year. He he drives in, gets into the lane or gets close to the bucket and does a lot of fakes and the defender stays home, doesn't do anything. And so like Jordan Poole sometimes has to just, he gets stuck and he looks for an out. Sometimes that's a turnover. Sometimes it's a blown possession. I've spoken of this before and it's just part of his game, but <laughs> I would love to see that happen a little bit less, you know what I mean? But it's, 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 again, it's part of it. Uh, so in terms of him, it's like that part of his game leading the second unit as the main guard. And also, like I said earlier on defense, you know, just being more focused and staying, staying in the scheme, getting in rotations and uh, not leaving guys open like on backdoor cuts or just like under the basket, part of the growth, I suppose, right? Because again, Poole showed us a lot last season in the playoffs, but he's not a finished player. I hope not, right? Because you want to see him get better. We know where his flaws are. So he's not where he needs to be. Hopefully he's not where he wants to be. And for all intents and purposes, the way he's played, over the last few years, the way he's trained, the way he's worked hard, he's not where he wants to be. He doesn't seem like one of those dudes who, after he gets the contract, is like, I've arrived. I'm awesome. Uh, again, we'll see how this works out down the road a little bit. Uh, some other things that I noticed real quickly, Andrew Wiggins, again, his first quarters have been great. Last couple of games, he just like, looks confident, looks like he is very definitive in what he wants to do. Uh, aggressive. He shot a three-pointer and he clanked it. The Warriors got the rebound. They passed it back out to him and he shot the three-pointer again and he made it. That's something that I'm not really used to seeing from Andrew Wiggins, that just confidence and like, I'm shooting this again. You know, you don't see that too much with him, especially with Steph and Clay on the court. Oftentimes last season, last couple of years, he would pass out of something like that. He wouldn't take the second shot, but this time he just stepped right in confidently and and rattled it home. So uh, I can definitely appreciate that. Come on, Looney. He had some trouble against DeAndre Aiden, but I will say that he is finishing much better than last season. Part of that is work with the coaches. And I mean, I think a lot of it is work with the coaches. He will have those times where he'll get the ball when he slips a screen or something. And maybe he'll like throw it up and fall on the ground. That'll happen. But in this game, he had a couple craftier finishes, uh, pump faking, 
going straight to the bucket, good touch off the off the glass. And then also he hit a mid-ranger, positive signs from Kavon Looney. It's a quick turnaround to the next one. They play the Heat on Thursday at home. And that'll be an interesting test, right? Because the Heat are a good team. They're a veteran team. We'll see how they bounce back, if they bounce back, and what kind of effort they put out. It should be an interesting one in this early part of the season. I think that, uh, you know, again, like as I always talk about, I'm curious as Wiseman makes his tour around the league this season, how he matches up against the other team's best big man. I want to see how he matches up against Bam Adebayo. Really, really, really curious. I'm curious to see how Clay bounces back. I wonder how Jordan Poole is going to play against his fellow Wisconsin uh, 2019 draftee contract guy, uh, Tyler Hero. There's some storylines, some things to look out for, and you know that's going to be kind of a fun one to watch. So hopefully, hopefully they pick up some lessons from this one. And don't lose another one so that some factions of the Warriors fan base start uh, hooting and hollering and really, really freaking out. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.